Greetings, true believers! Nowhere California is heading out to Stan Lee's Kamikaze. The convention will run October 30th November 1st at the Los Angeles Convention Center. The Generalissimo has a lot in store for this year's event. For more information, go to kamikazeexpo.com. Come on! We did it! I know you got a little Lee in you. Come on, man! Go full-on daredevil on this one! Yeah, take a shot in the dark on this one. Excelsior! There you go! I knew yeah. you could do it! Yeah. I gotta admit, that felt good. Welcome to Nowhere California Presents Why Not. As per tradition, here is the spoiler warning. If you have not watched the movie that we're about to talk about, Moscow and the Hudson from 1984, stop right now, go watch it. Some of us have just recently watched it for the first time and regret taking that much time to watch it. So do yourself a favor, go watch it and enjoy Moscow and the Hudson. Come back and listen to our conversation. As the warning told you, this is Why Not Moscow and Hudson. This is Josh. This is Phil. And this is Nick. And we're continuing our continuing series of Robin Williams' Why Nots. I gotta throw it out there because usually I'm kind of more of a humble person when it comes to giving myself credit, but screw that. Birdcage was awesome. That was our last Why Not was Birdcage, if you have not listened to it yet. <laughs> uh, look at this. Guy gets a little fame now. He's licking his own butt. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. Nine times out of ten, like... I'm usually very paranoid how an episode turns out. Birdcage, I freaking loved. Well, you had a whole lot of cues to pull from. Like, that is very true. Sound clips and things like that to pull from. And then not so much in this department. Yeah, I gotta give that warning right now. This may not be to the par of Birdcage, but still, it's a great freaking movie. Well, it's it's you know it's another one of our why nots and and it's the Bird true Cage, definition of why. Yeah, not. Birdcage just happened to be one that was mainstream enough that. Yeah, uh, and it was a solid comedy that you could pull a lot of audio and stuff like that for. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. So this one is more of a subtle comedy, and it's more of a humanity piece. Yeah, it, it, for, for us, it's definitely a prime definition of why not. Yeah. Because you hear about Robin Williams' movies after he passed and everything, mm-hmm. and kind of either you heard about Moscow and Hudson in passing, or not at all. Right. Right. And it was one of his earlier flicks, like we said, from 1984. Well, you had brought it to me, and I... I had forgot about the film myself, yeah. uh, and it's one that I had, had never seen. Um, but I'll, you know, I'll tell you after I watched it, I, I was, you know, there's a few things that'll make you proud to be an American, and this doesn't have to be like the, you know, Soviets versus the, yeah. know, the Americans type thing, you know, any kind of overcoming the big red monster, mm-hmm. any of that crap. It's just the humanity and the people who migrate here, mm-hmm. you know, from other countries, and. Uh, yeah, you know, fuck. I, 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 was, I was glad you passed this along to me. Yeah, I was glad I finally picked it up and finally watched it. But before we really get in-depth into right. everything about the movie, since this is why not, we do have our protocol. So let's go into uh, the box office uh, details first, and then we'll go into the cast. Well, budget was $13 million and the gross was $25,100,000. So yeah. it made its money back. And then some. Yeah, and then some. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And okay, now as for as per our cast, we have of course Robin Williams who plays Vad- uh, Vladimir Ivanov. Yep. Dear beloved family, America is strange and wonderful. And um, uh, can you can, can Maria Conchita Alonso? Thank you. I knew one of you guys could yeah. uh, uh, can do that as uh, playing uh, Lucia Lombardo. Yeah. I see nice Italian girl. It's Charlie. Who is helping me become more American? Yes. Yeah, she Love was, interest. She was uh, 
Spanish actress who makes uh, an Italian turn. In the oh, that's right. Yes. That's the one that uh, she, she's, she's the Italian that's teaching him how to be an American. Yes. Yes, yes I love uh, that. <laughs> which is funny because she's she's just about to take her citizenship. And I love yeah. that. I love that. It's a great melting pot. We yeah, get it really in this is. Movie. It really, it really is. is. So you got uh, Clevent Derrick's uh, Lionel Witherspoon. Yeah, his first real friend in America. Right. This is Officer 14. I have a defector with between Estee Lauder and Pierre Cardin. Yeah, Alejandro Rey or, uh, Orlando Ramirez. That's his uh, lawyer. His Cuban lawyer. Thanks to my Cuban lawyer, you have a friend in Orlando Ramirez. Thank you. You don't have to thank me. You have to pay me. All, by the way, all of all of the people that he interacts with at the beginning of all of are this from are immigrants in one yeah, way, way or another. Shape or that's another. very clever. There's and no token white boy. No. Or white person. <laughs> yeah, except for the FBI agents. They're yeah. stereotypical, you know, and stuff like that. Well, yeah. Yeah, but, just, we're just here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, uh, Sav, uh, Savliana? Savliana Karam... Russian? Uh, <laughs> Kramarov is Boris. Boris, that one, he's the KGB. Mm-hmm. Forrest the KGB. Which one, the short one or the tall one? I believe he's the short one. Oh, the one that begs and pleads with him. Yeah, please don't go. Please don't do, please don't do this. Don't do this. This is Siberia for yeah. sure. This man cannot be committed to the fact. Elia Baskin is uh, an Ali. An Ali that I believe is his friend. Let me see. Is that the crazy one, the clown? Uh, yeah. Um, I believe that see. is. There, there, there's a little picture there. Right to see him. Yes. That's him? Elia Baskin. Right. Cool. Yeah, uh, he... He's the one that originally is going to make the move to America and everything, but unfortunately... Yeah, he's the one that talks the good talk, but he won't do it. Let's practice our English. Okay. Okay? Okay. Kiss me beautiful. Beautiful? Yeah, he, he's on the ra- I think it was he was on the radar. I'm going, to, I'm going to defect. I'm going to defect. I think he was on the radar too much. He was too... He. Well, yeah, I mean, but he like he had the opportunity. Too. Yeah. Well, like, um, when, when we get more into the movie and everything... Mm-hmm. Like when they're leaving the bus, yeah, and running across the street, it yeah. could have easily been. <laughs> yeah. Well, I am. I'm actually astounded. You know, you don't really see too many uh, IMDb pages like this where a lot of the actors just do not have an IMDb photo. Well, right. It, There's mm-hmm. uh, aside from your main characters, which I think we pretty much covered, yeah. like the main characters. Aside yeah, from the main characters in the film, there's only a couple of little side note characters uh-huh. that are any kind of. Uh, personality. One of the FBI agents is uh, Ferris Bueller's dad. Yeah. Right. Um, and other than that, it's just kind of a mishmash of lesser known people. And it, honestly, cool. it kind of shows you for that time, with it being 1984 and everything, that was kind of the uh, code of conduct for movies. Right. Yeah. You have your main cast, and then you just kind of have people that are there. Right. Yeah, you and never then, really made, uh, made too many ensembles, right? Yeah. You know, they... They get into this, and it, it, you know, you really can't get into the Russian-U.S. Cold War stuff without making it some type of political piece. Yeah. But it really, other than the oppression that he felt in Russia, which it was, even if they, the way that the story rolls is when you first start the movie, it's in Russia, everybody's speaking Russian. You do it's everything subtitled. Yeah. And you were just, it's not really pointing out the oppression or just everything. It's just. This is his life. Well, and he says in there too, you know, because his his friend uh, Elia Baskin's character uh, says to him, you know, aren't you upset about this? Because as they're buying gas out of the back of a, a, a truck, military yeah. vehicle, you know, and he's like, you know, this is what we do to one stand in line for toilet paper, yeah, stand in line for one. shoes, and um, you know, buying shoes that don't fit him, yeah, because. 
just because he, you know, he got him. that he, he, he can hand him off to somebody else and exactly and maybe trade it off or something else. Yeah. But uh, you know, they, it gave you kind of the whether it was accurate or not, but a stereotypical peek into the world of Russian life. But yeah. it, you know, it, it said right in there that uh, you know Vladimir doesn't like. I'm content. Yeah, yeah. I'm content. You know, he doesn't want to join the the party. Right. Which, Didn't want to join the party, which his fiance or whatever at the time wanted yeah. him to. Yeah, because I'd get him an apartment because yeah. you have to be married to have an apartment. Well, yeah, you have to be married to have an apartment, and if you join, you know, the communist party, and you're a big supporter of them, then they the, put you into better accommodations, accommodations, you yeah, know, stuff like that. Which so. is just like, wow, okay. That was the way communism yeah, works. So. Exactly. So God bless America. Yeah. <laughs> so with the cast covered, we want to quickly talk about the director, Paul Mazursky, yeah. who we lost last year, June That's 30th. Right. we did. We did. Uh, yeah, he, he held on for quite a while. He mm-hmm. died at the uh, ripe old age of 84. I was going to say, he's, uh, I'm pretty sure he's in his mid-80s when he passed. Oh, absolutely. Born 1930. Um, and What are uh, some of his credits? Yeah, uh, yeah he, uh, he actually directed Tempest, and he was actually, he's got 77 credits <clears throat> as an actor. Oh wow. Yeah. Uh, oh, the pickle? You guys remember the pickle? Are we they, talking about the movie they, or the they, game? No, no, the, mo- oh. <laughs> the, the, the movie. The movie, okay. the pickle. Uh, Love Affair, Miami Rhapsody. Uh, oh, he, oh, he, yeah, he, appear, he appeared in Frasier, Weapons of Mass Destruction, Distraction. Uh, oh, The Sopranos, the TV no, nice. series, okay. The Sopranos. Uh, Once and Again, uh, Cattle Call, Curb Your Enthusiasm. Hopelessly Devoted, uh, Femme Fatales, Kung Fu Panda 2 as the Musician Bunny. Oh, wow. Uh, oh, right. uh, Jesus, Sex Scandal, The Other Side of the Wind. Um, and there's a couple of foreign titles here uh, as well, but, you know, uh, that's the kind of... Oh, oh, The Monkees, TV Interviewer. Oh, nice. <laughs> oh, cool. All the way to 1966. So. It wraps around the head. Nice. So he's, he's definitely... <laughs> oh. the You're guys. poking the barrel there. <laughs> oh, that's all right. That's all right. <laughs> he pokes back, so... <laughs> Yes, I do. Uh, if he ever makes me sit down and watch something like that again, I swear to God, I'll kill him. Uh, but no, he's got a very, very, um, <laughs> you know, he's got a very diverse uh, yeah. thing going there. Uh, directorial? Oh, I haven't heard some of these. Uh, of the director, uh, of his directing, he directed Tempest, right? Okay. Moscow on the Hudson. Down and Out in Beverly Hills. You guys remember that? Yes, I Classic. do. There Absolutely. we go. Uh, Moon over uh, Parador. Yes. Uh, Enemies, a love story. Uh, scenes from a mall. Oh, of course, yeah, he directed yeah. the pickle. Uh, Faithful, Windshell, Coast to Coast, and a documentary called Yippee in two thousand six. Hmm. Interesting. So uh, yeah, and very uh, vast. Yeah, yeah. I, I movies. I was uh, surprised that you know that there was so many films on there, like the Down and Out in Beverly Hills. Uh, I didn't realize he had directed that. Yeah. And uh, it was such a funny movie. Well, yeah. Yeah, you got to, probably, like I said before, with the state of those movies at that time, it was like a Vader belt almost, yeah. where it's like, okay, we'll do this, this, and this, and you, you know what, you direct it. What, coked out Hollywood? Couldn't settle on one thing? Are you kidding yeah. me? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's the way it was. I mean, yeah. not one, you know, you, you know, you'd be surprised the kind of stuff that Toby Hooper directed. Yeah. You know, it's just like... <laughs> Everybody complains about movies now not being original and everything, too. But, mm-hmm. like, the 80s, there's great classics of the 80s. But then you look at some of those ones that are just kind of like, that was a movie? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the one thing I will say is that the, the 70s, 80s, and 90s, they had... We had original films. Yes. Now yeah. it's what Marvel movies coming out, what DC movies coming out, what, what established make. book title is about to be made into an adaptation. 
What know? are we rebooting? What are we remaking? Exactly. So, you mm-hmm. know, I remember at one point, you know, the I, there was A-Team in the movie theater and Hawaii Five-0 was back on television. Uh-huh. You know, I'm like, okay, something's, something's just, you know, screwed up here. But it's not screwed up. A lot of the great ideas came out of the 80s. Yeah, they did. And I honestly think that uh, Moscow and the Hudson was a very underrated and under the radar commentary piece on humanity. Oh, yeah. exactly. And uh, I really, really enjoyed this film a yeah. lot. Um, well, I, like I was watching it again last night and I saw myself just diving right into it again because it engulfs you. Even if you took Robin out of it, which. A good portion of the heart and soul of that movie is, is Robin, Robin Williams. Williams. So right. a lot of it would be lost without Robin. But the story, I mean, just the build and everything, uh, the defection, him getting accustomed to the new world and everything, it sucks you in. It does. And you don't see that right now in yeah. movies and in life. You really care about the character is, yeah. is what it is. Or yeah. all the characters. Yeah. And, that's, um, and that's part of what, you know, and the, the, the mark of good filmmaking is taking you on that journey with that character. Oh, exactly. You know. Well, you know, and you get cross-cultural struggles, uh, like, uh, between, you know, Maria Conchita Alonso and, and Robin Williams, two characters. You know, he wants to be very passionate and, you know, make love with her all the time. Yeah. And she's, you know, she's similar at, at the beginning and all that stuff, but it seems like it's moving along a little too fast for her, and then they kind of have a break, and... No, but this is fantasy. You want fantasy? Let's go to my place. No, I can't. I can't go to your place because I have to study. I have a class tomorrow. All she does is go to classes. Well, not now. Don't you get possessive, okay? Okay. You know, then it's kind of an identity crisis for him and where he, you know, trying to discover himself. He thinks himself as a great saxophonist. He loves blues and (laughs) all kinds of stuff and gets a chance to play with... uh, I'm trying to remember the the musician's name. Another saxophonist uh, that had happened to come to Moscow in the Mm -hmm. 60s and he got to see him. And that yeah. was the only tape, the only cassette tape that he had in the United yes. States was a recording of him. So. Well, I like to touch up on the different jobs that he had when oh, he yeah. was in America. Well, there's some sound cues you could get. <laughs> oh, have a make, good McDay, you know. Yeah, but that <laughs> that is kind of a key thing, though, too. When he he makes the defection and everything, and we get the near riot in Bloomingdale's, mm-hmm. where like everybody's like protecting him, the American side of it's protecting him, and the Russian KGB and the handlers of the circus, because mm-hmm. one thing we didn't mention is... Uh, Robin's character and his friend are performers in the Russian circus, and they're coming to New York to perform. Yeah, that's the, where uh, the the one friend is the clown, yeah, the main clown on the show, and then and he's, he's the one that keeps telling him, "I'm going to defect." Yeah, yeah. and uh, and uh, Robin Williams is the saxophonist for the orchestra that yeah. plays with the uh, the circus, so. and it's just kind of a blink in just how everything kind of fell into place for him, where he's just like, "I'm staying," and mm-hmm. he yeah. makes the Announcement to the Lionel first, going. I want to defect. Yeah, and he's like, "Not here, man. Yeah. The bathroom's down on the second floor." Um, you know, that was. I think that was my only hang-up is coming to America. You know, when he when he arrived in America, he left Moscow with the sense of, "I'm okay. Yeah. Like everything seems fine." Yeah. You know, and uh, the one thing wasn't even really the the woman that he was with or anything like that. The one thing that seemed to be tying him. With Moscow was yes, his family was there, but it was his grandfather. Yeah, his grandfather he loves very much. You know, he was a war hero and all that. And they were questioning him about yeah. this, you know, different stuff. And just the fact that it, it was such a snap decision for him to defect, it kind of came out of the blue. Yes, it did. You know, and I'm like, oh, this has no, you know, build up. But I don't know if that necessarily hinders anything. 
But I don't, I don't think it really does either because you gotta, if you put yourself in those shoes of coming into America with that state of mind, like, yeah, okay, I'm cool with Russia, I'm happy and content with my life and everything, then you get that view of life and everything, and you mm-hmm. see your friend disintegrating, basically. Yeah. Well, like the friend that's saying, "Oh, I'm doing this. I'm doing this. I'm doing this," but then just realizes there's no way. Yeah. They're going to kill me if I make the attempt. And he finally it just clicks in his mind to do it, and he does it. Yeah. And then it kind of snowballs from there, where he gets the card handed off to him by his Cuban lawyer, and he's just thrusted in this world. Yeah, it's very interesting because everybody that he meets that remains in his life for the the duration of the film is met within the first. Uh, like 30 seconds to five minutes of him uh, declaring that he's going to defect. Yeah, because you, you know? meet the the lawyer, you meet Lionel, you meet uh, Maria Cucino Alonso's mm-hmm. character, then you quickly meet his uh, Lionel's family because everybody's like, okay, where are you going to stay? You don't have family, you don't have friends here. And then yeah. Lionel steps up and just goes, hey. <laughs> <laughs> but he's looking at the TV cameras. Oh, yeah. He's like, he can stay with me because here in America, you know, yeah. that kind of... That kind of thing. He just knows, like, yeah, okay. But, you know, that's where the humanity of it really came in was, you know, like, he made good on it. Lionel came uh, came into the picture and said, yes, come stay, you know, stay with us. But when he's in, uh, were were they in Queens? Where were they at? Were Brooklyn? I can't remember. Brooklyn, yeah. I believe it was Brooklyn. Is it Brooklyn or Queens? Maybe Mm -hmm. it was Harlem. I'm not, I'm not. It was the ghetto. But, yeah, it was a very ghetto. I mean, he says it. This is the ghetto with a capital G. Yeah. Um. And Robin loves it because he loves the fact that everybody's so vibrant, open, free, yeah. music. And their music is so, you know, passionate yeah. and, you know, all that stuff. And, uh, you know, you you get to hear, you know, the him kind of integrating into that. You know, they teach him when he's on the subway, you know, he's like, you gotta look crazy, man. Yeah. You gotta look crazy. And then one guy's like, you're a crazy motherfucker. He's yeah. staring at me. Yeah. But, um, you know, just how he's so enamored by the culture. And then, same thing when he's with Maria Conchita Alonso, the whole Italian culture, that side of it. But then also, do you get the scene, <clears throat> The I think it was the second morning he was there, where Lionel's family is like, we have no coffee, we have no coffee. And he's like, oh, oh yeah, oh. when he goes to the grocery store, yeah. But then that huge culture shock of just being able to freely go into the store yeah. and find it, because he goes in the store. Coffee. I'll too. Coffee line. I'll too. No line though. Okay, stars choice. This half a net head. Maxwell house. El Pico. Chock full of nuts. Espresso, cappuccino, cafe francis. Sanka. Vulgar. Cafe, carib, coffee, 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 coffee. Uh, Rob Williams is such a consummate actor that do you hear how he pronounced Folgers? Uh, Folgers. Yeah. <laughs> Folgers, you know, because yeah. he's just doing it phonetically. Oh, like yeah. how he reads, yeah. he's reading it, you know, and he's like chock full of nuts, isn't that? You know, and, and then as he gets down the line of coffee, he starts to kind of lose his marbles. Yeah. And just, just like I can't believe that this is just all available yeah. to me right here, you know, and, and uh, you know has a breakdown a little bit, but uh, you know then you get to see him integrated into American life, you know, as a, a limo driver. Yeah, and all the other jobs. Oh, like, the other jobs. Yeah. Like Phil was talking about like his lawyers. 
Just tell him, like, okay, we gotta get you working, so... Mm-hmm. I already have a job. Okay, Mr. I. Now the whole the whole Mick thing, I I had seen him do that on his stand up. So, but only he was playing it Russian. Yeah. Uh, so, and he didn't swear. Yeah. It, <laughs> he didn't say, "Get the Mick fuck out of here." Yeah. Uh, but he did. He did the Mick jokes. Yeah. Which I thought was terrific. Which honestly, looking at that too, he may have thrown that whole concept in there to the director and everything like. You guys are gonna have me work in fast food. Okay, let's. If it's McDonald's, let's just do this. I thought that was uh, yeah. very, very good because that was the thing. They, yeah, and they, then they would he, make the employees. Does the street vendor thing first, selling a little knickknack joke gag gift stuff, and then yeah. leading to getting his own food cart where he's like, I'm a restaurant owner now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, one of the things that I really enjoyed about this is that they didn't immerse him into. A white culture. Exactly. No, they didn't immerse him into your typical American culture. They put him with other people who'd been in America for a while, who knew their way around and things like that. Yeah. But they were so still in love with the idea of being American, and there was a camaraderie between people who had migrated here. Well, whether the they Russian were, restaurant. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Or, once again, that's kind of the way the movie opens. He becomes one of those people. Yeah, he's helping when the guy in the He's bus. helping, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. it kind of goes full circle there. Yeah, you're absolutely we right. We get our cameo appearance in the movie of Yakov. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> As uh, the dishwasher. Yes. <laughs> nice. Uh, I mean, it's probably not really a cameo. It's probably about the time Yakov is trying to break through. But yeah. Now, for us, it's a cameo. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, like, it was... I actually... Found myself, I teared up a little bit at a scene that didn't even involve Robin Williams, hmm. and it was where Maria Conchita Alonso is being sworn in as a United States citizen. I was saying, and that. you get to see the diversity of the people that just couldn't wait to, to be, be part of this country. Yeah. You know, uh, now it, it made me very angry because I think about the <laughs> just the wow. I'm going to go completely uncensored on this, but just the completely fuck waste of a generation that we have right now. Yeah. That is doing nothing but taking selfies and sh- just. Mm-hmm. Yes, I understand that that's stereotypical, but I mean, we well, were not no, dude, by our dude, generation. There. Or shit I, like that. I, I this... hate the bastardization of oh. like, even the use of the word selfie. It's like everybody's like, I'm taking a selfie with my friend. Root word of selfie is self, and yeah. that's by yourself, you fuck. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just, you know. Otherwise, it's a group photo, you just fucking a moron. Fucking, <laughs> yeah. Just a wreck of where we, you know. And just to think, just 30 years ago. Mm-hmm. 30 years ago, and I know this is the old man talking, but just fucking 30 years ago. Dude, dude just I, I was around 30 years, years ago. ago so. yeah. 15 years ago, people who were still <laughs> striving for something, you know? Exactly. And, and you know, I really, it's, it's kind of a double-edged sword because podcasting mm-hmm. is part of the new technology. Yes. But on the flip side of that, everything that is involved with mobile media all the time, 24-7, just being immersed into... Oh, yeah. It's just oversaturated. Like, I don't mm-hmm. fuck. Fuck the... Who gives a shit about the Kardashian? Who gives a fuck? Yeah. Like, what Caitlyn Jenner or Bruce Jenner yeah. or, you know, whatever is doing this week. Well... You know, hey, I'm proud of you for identifying with yourself. I don't need to know what you're fucking doing 24-7. Every freaking right. second. I don't. And it's just, you know... It's like Chris Hardwick has been saying lately. It's like, we're looking down the barrel of idiocracy. Oh, we are. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And somebody is slowly pulling that trigger. And I'm watching that hammer go back. And we're going to get fucking... We're going to get shot in the face on this one. <laughs> it's no wonder that the world can't take us seriously. Yeah. You know? And uh, it's... But, but this, was, this was something that... I'm watching these people get sworn in. From all over the place. 
from India, from Uruguay, from Cuba, from Italy, England, you know, all over that are just swearing into this country. And it was something beautiful to watch. And when they got done swearing in, that's when I kind of teared up is because the celebration and they just don't know one another, but they all turn and hug one another yeah. as, as United States citizens. And, yeah. Uh, well, it's such a moment of their life right. that they're realizing I made my dream. And like you said, too, we're... Everybody else here is in that bastardization moment yeah. of like, what's the Kardashians doing? What's freaking you know, new we, at McDonald's, the triple bypass exactly. <laughs> <laughs> we live We live in a society that is so oh, just oblivious to the rest of the world. Yeah. We're so connected, yet we're so fucking far apart. But then it's also, too, like we're connected, we're so far apart. And then the sad thing is, too, we see these moments, these happy moments of people getting sworn into the country and everything and mm-hmm. go, oh, that's why we're doing this. That's why we're here and everything. Right. We get that reminder. But it's then for the also, glimpses of humanity. The flip of the script, unfortunately, is it takes the most tragic circumstances also, too, for us to go, oh, wait, we're in this together. We've had more cultural wedges driven in between us. Mm-hmm. We've had more division and class and, you know, like more class wars when there shouldn't be any fucking class yeah. wars. You know, uh, I, I don't know. I just I sit and I read things and I, I think, what the what the fuck? Well, uh, there was kind of a, a what the fuck, you know, moment yesterday of, um, well, did you guys read the story about that uh, poor kid that uh, got arrested yesterday? You saw clock. that. got for arrested building for building a clock. Yep. Yeah. What the hell? You know, they. What the hell? There was a kid who, and I've seen the flip side of this argument too. Mm-hmm. Like, people were like, "Why the fuck would you arrest this kid?" You know, kind of thing. Yeah. Um, because you know he has a Middle Eastern appearance, or maybe he is Middle Eastern. Yeah, he's, he's, yeah. His his, 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 his but, name was Muhammad. His, yeah, his name was and Muhammad. he's he's a he's a Muslim kid. So I saw the flip side of this, uh-huh. and it was people saying, "Kid draws a picture of a gun at school and gets expelled." This kid builds a clock, working clock, a working clock that looks kind of like a bomb. Uh huh. Is praised and and invited to the White House. Yeah, and I'm like, really? Like yeah. this is yeah. when when do we not stand together as an outraged people and say, you know what? We, this in general, this is stupid. This, the kid got busted for making a fucking clock. Yeah, the you know what they do is they look at it and they apologize to you and say, hey, listen, I'm sorry that we did this. Mm-hmm. Sorry that we went overboard. You know, I'm sorry yeah. that we did well, this. It's like Chris Hardwick said on uh, At Midnight last night when he was talking about it. He's like, the kid said, like, I, this is going to be the last time I'm taking an invention to school. And Hardwick, being Captain Nerd he is, is like, thanks, we're, in, yeah. we're in a good scientist. Thanks for fucking wrecking somebody else that'll possibly do something great for this yeah. world. Not just this country, but this but the world. world. Yeah. You know, I, I get so tired. Like, I have national pride. Yeah. But I also praise people who extend through their borders to help others, yeah. you know? Yeah. It's like... Um, Fuck, who was it? I, I may have this wrong. I'll have to look it up. But I believe it was Volvo that created the three-point buckle harness. Right. Up here, clicks here, and then attaches somewhere else. It just oh, yeah. revolutionized everything. Yeah. Do you know that they refused to make a patent on it because they wanted it to be available for the entire world for nothing? Yeah. Wow. Like, That's they didn't cool. want them to have to pay royalties on a design. Yeah. Wow. You know, they were afraid that car makers wouldn't put it in. As soon as they found out it was going to save lives, they said, well, we're not going to charge anybody for this then. Yeah. You know, that's some stand-up yeah, shit right yeah, there. Yeah, exactly. You know, uh, people scoff because Bill Gates and people like that have intended to donate their fortunes. Yeah. Their billions of dollars, you know, into different things. And people scoff at that and like, oh, what an elitist thing to do. What the fuck is wrong right, with you yeah. people, you know? Jeez. I just posted a video 
on on my my page, my own Facebook page, which I'm not going to plug, but I just wanted to make the comment. <laughs> right. It is Nicholas. It. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I'll plug it. It's Titanic nuts. Sorry. <laughs> Colossal nuts. Colossal. Um, it's very tasteful nudes. Uh-huh. No, but it was, you know, we participated in the LS Ice Bucket Challenge. Yeah, right. You know, and things like that for Lou Gehrig's disease and whatnot. These two... Very stereotypical, thug-looking, African-American kids. From what I can tell, the video's a bit grainy, so, the, I mean, they may be of darker Latin descent. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. They're short they, Asians. Very, like, <laughs> <laughs> they come out looking all thug and stuff like that, and they're like, I got a nice, you know, challenge for you. And I'm like, oh, what are these, you know, like, I immediately did the same thing. What are these little fuckers going to do? Yeah. Judging a book by its cover. Mm-hmm. And they walked out, they walk around the corner, and the one's carrying this big old thing of ice water, right? They walk around the corner. There's a homeless person sleeping right there. They set down the bottle of water. There's a sandwich and a bag of chips, and they give them to him. And they said, I challenge you to do the same fucking thing. And they walk off. And I was like, oh, oh my God. asshole. I'm a yeah. complete <laughs> asshole. You know, for thinking something like that. And, Love that. And, you know, I'm just, I'm floored at where, you know, how far we've fallen from, from the way that people were in Moscow and Hudson. You know, just how excited they were to help one another. You know, how quickly they were to help one another out. <laughs> uh, but anyhow. But kind of to roll with what you're saying, um, uh-huh. there was a like a key moment in Moscow and Hudson when he gets mugged. Uh-huh. And that kind of is the breaking point for him where he's just like, what am I doing here? I, I am free here, but also to everybody's free to just step on me and just kick mm-hmm. me freaking in the taint. Yeah. In the roundabout way. You don't like jazz, pal? Huh? He was comedian. He don't care about nobody. Nobody, huh? Hey, you fuck yourself. Okay, pal? Okay, mister. And this leads to Robin and his lawyer in the diner. Yeah. Where um, he's just kind of like, he's getting to his breaking point of going, uh, I'm, why don't I just go back? There's no point. I know it's going to be hard yeah. to get back, but then he starts talking and then there's this big dude sitting at the diner counter. Can I help you, gentlemen? Two coffees, please. An apple turnover. Make it two. What freedom? You can't walk down the street. Is that freedom? Do you really think you were better off before in Russia? It's freedom for a woman to spread her legs like that on a magazine? Hey, pal, you free? Excuses. Hey, no freedom here. If there is, she's an orphan. To tell you the truth, Orlando, New York frightens me. It's brutal. It's crazy. What are you staring at? Take it easy, Rocky Don't you Mary. tell me to take it easy. No one tells me take it easy anymore. What are you staring at? Yes, Maturna Mudakas, Moskwe. What did he say? He said he's looking at a giant asshole from Moscow. Tiruski. It's Leningrad, Mudila. What is he saying now? He said he's from Leningrad, giant asshole. Yes, this same lead, Miniochin Rabitzer. He says he's been here for seven years and he loves it very much. What's Rashad is what Moscow, Gavnyuk. What the hell is going on? He's telling me, go back to Moscow, turd. He's telling me now, if I want law and order, I should go back to Moscow, stand in line for bread. Stale bread. Stale bread. What the hell is that? Firecrackers, Independent Day. Hey. I'm sorry. Vladimir Ivanov. Sergei Golub. 
It's okay. Izvinite. Independence Day. You know, is um, when in the course of human events becomes necessary to um, what is it? I forgot the rest. We hold these truths to be self-evident. That all men are, are created, created equal. equal. That they are endowed by their creators with certain inalienable rights. These are life, liberty, happiness. Yeah, happiness. <laughs> happiness. 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 <laughs> <laughs> and then it kind of leads into uh, Robin's realization like okay I just gotta get myself out of my own head and just do what I need to do yeah. and the whole sequence of that thing where like you're noticing everybody in that restaurant and you get your first white person the the waitress at the counter yeah, and just kind of just builds up to him going okay I'm going to be fine I just yeah. gotta go and do it and then he gets back to his house and everything, his apartment. Where, yeah, yeah, after their breakup and everything, like how we were talking about, he's just wanting to be passionate constantly and everything. And she's just kind of like, let's just do the relationship thing. So they part ways, but she's back there because she missed him. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's just a, you know, it speaks to the fact that we live in excess and we have freedoms to do whatever we want. And that's a huge culture shock to a lot of people. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, people who don't have the freedom to do certain things, you know. Yes, there are several sovereign nations on the planet that are, you know, that have freedom and stuff like that, but there are those who don't. Yeah. You know, and there are others who have that kind of freedom, but they don't. They they were raised differently. They were raised to do things a little bit differently, and, and so some of the stuff that we do may come across as appalling and all that stuff. Yeah, but, exactly. You know, it, it's just, it's a beautiful piece on American life and what it's like to become an American uh, you know, something that we've never really gone through. We yeah. were born here. and take it freaking for granted. You know, mm-hmm. and the struggles. The The only thing that I can speak to is that I have a, a friend that I worked with, Stater Brothers, and she is Indian. And um, she married she married an American. She was over here, and she married an American. Um, and so she got her citizenship through marriage. But she wasn't content with that. So she went ahead and studied, oh, and studied awesome. and did everything, and that's took, good for her, her, took yeah. her test to become an American citizen. Well, that type of thing makes me go, "Wow, I'm a dick." Well, <laughs> yeah, I think the thing that's embarrassing to me is that she probably knows more about history than your average fucking on the street. Oh yeah, American. oh yeah. You know, and if you if you take away their ability to Google it, how fucked are they going to be? You know? Well, it's like hearkening back to uh, Jay Leno's days as the Tonight Show. I was doing mm-hmm. jaywalking. Oh yeah. yeah, and it's just I, I'd watch it going. Oh, yeah, but also too, I'd think too like, well, you got to put yourself in that game show moment aspect with a camera in your face. Oh yeah, that's difficult. You're gonna, but there's certain ones where I was just like, if I was walking by and I overheard that, I'm like, you're a moron. Yeah. Well, how many games have we played on on this show where we're like, yay, I got a bazillion ideas, and then, and then as soon boom. as it's like, hey, it's your turn, you go. Uh, oh, I'm the champion of that. Yeah. <laughs> it's happened. Nah, and, uh, I don't know what I'm saying. So. Yeah, but uh, I guess to kind of round out the conversation, and me and you kind of had this quick conversation beforehand, mm-hmm. To since we had a good, serious rant and conversation about the ups and downs of what we take for granted and everything, I, I don't know how this is going to come off me bringing this up now, the nudity in the movie, how we talked about a little bit before the... The time... Oh, how, like, where you can see the lots of little boobies? Yeah, and how uh, Robin's just basically hair. <laughs> he's just a wall yeah, of hair. Yeah, just a mound of hair. 
Yeah, I, then, I forgot how attractive she was, man. Back oh, then. Yeah. <laughs> She's good yeah, we we kind of talked about this before we hit the mic, and since Phil's here too, it's mm-hmm. kind of like it's kind of weird how the ideals of the simplicity of nudity back then mm-hmm. compared to like, wow, it's there now. Yeah. <laughs> well, see, I mean, I think a lot of it is so gratuitous now that it doesn't fit into any kind of storyline. Like, mm-hmm. sure, you can you can disclude some of that stuff, like you know, but. Like he's seen in Russia, he has to sneak to his friend's house to have sex with this girl because they don't want you to have premarital sex, premarital unwed sex, you know that kind of thing. Without, you know, so I mean, it's it's a bit of a you know, like hey, this is this is a necessity because of you know this situation. Yeah, exactly. And then the other one is just they're in America, and they're yeah, free. They're free, yeah, and they just we're in the they don't have to hide. They're in his bathtub, and they're. You know, it, it's so exciting to him, and I, that's part of the thing that I, I think was difficult for her character was that he wasn't able to express himself like this openly. You know, uh, yeah. you know. There's wait. There's one other great moment I wanted to uh, mention too. It what? just hit me. How about the scene where he thought he was being followed? Oh yeah. Oh. He thought he was being. How can we forget that? By the FBI agent, he, or you know, he thought it was the FBI, or thought he was KGB. Yeah. Basically, there's this man standing. By a window, looking at re- album covers, and Robin walks up and looks at him too. He's kind of like, "Yeah, they, oh, those are awesome." And they banter then, a little bit, yeah. and he walks off. And then, it, great shot! It was really well shot because yeah. from that time frame in eighties, that like the I'd almost say it would be a crane shot. It'd have to be a crane mm-hmm. shot for what they did, and it was a city scene. Yeah, following him walking down the street, and the guy in the hat and suit. Following, following right, right behind him, so you're and, like, it's KGB gonna fucking yeah, kidnap him and take him back. And Robin, you kind of see it going over Robin's face where he's realizing, oh crap, this dude's following me. What the hell's going on here? And he kind of keeps going, keeps going, turns the corner, and is hiding there. And the guy comes up to him and starts kind of going, looking at him like, hey, how's it going? And Robin's like, uh, hey. He goes, are you know, are you, are you KGB? No. Like, well, I'm sorry, FBI? No. And he goes, GAY. And it takes a second for it to click in Robin's head. He's like, oh, that was funny. He's like, no, no, I'm not. Okay, well, with that being said, I guess it's time for me to uh, talk about the trivia, uh, since there's only ten, right? We could cover it all. Yeah, but also, too, we need some music. Yeah, I know. I'd like to do Night Court. Put the Night Court music in there. Trivia! I'll see what I can do. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> all right. Fuck it up, maestro. <laughs> all right. Here's a little. Here's a little uh, thing to. I mean, we all knew. We all know that Robin Williams is awesome. But there is two pizza pieces of trivia here. I'm nodding on an audio podcast. Oh, I understand. <laughs> do it all the time. The, the nod oh, is implied. Do you hear the rattle? Yeah, you hear the baby in the canteen. Yeah. Anyway, this just is a tribute to his awesomeness and how much of a great artist he was. In preparation for his role for about a year, lead actor Robin Williams studied Soviet customs and learned the Russian language. Reportedly, uh, reportedly Williams spent five hours a day learning Russian and had learned to speak it well within a month. By the time of principal photography, Williams was at a proficiency level where he could carry out a conversation. Williams' teacher has, um, was a Russian actor called David. Uh, we already, yeah, we already like, knew yeah. that. Yeah. He's a brilliant dude. Well, oh, and also, I think you have this uh, piece of info. Um, this is his, only his fourth starring role. Fifth. Fifth. Fifth, counting Mark and Mindy, but fourth movie. Yeah. yeah. And that it shows 
that the producers, like we've heard the stories in the past, like when he went in for audition for Mork just for Happy Days Alone. As soon as he sat on his head, Gary Marshall's like, he's in. He's in, yeah. Yeah. He's a brilliant, he was a brilliant, brilliant man. Yeah. And he uh, clearly, I mean, learning another language is not easy. Well, also too, throwing out another story we heard uh, after his passing, Mm -hmm. David Letterman's story about them at the comedy club and and they're getting more like, oh, there's some Scottish comic dude coming out here. And they're like, what? And he'd go out there and it'd be him Scottish. <laughs> Speak Scottish and do all the stuff and perform as the Scottish guy. And they're just like, oh, we're screwed. But then then they found out he's American. They're like, we're fucked. <laughs> we need to pack it in. Uh, if, if this dude's going to be around, we're screwed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And oh, from day one, you can tell like how he's he, how he's talked about being the only child and how he played by himself with mm-hmm. the soldiers and everything. That's how I learned to do my voices. Yeah, yep. and just boom, just yeah. That's how I did it. Being an only child growing up at, and out in the middle of nowhere, that's how I learned to to do different character voices was by creating them myself. So. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, it really just gives me chills that. talking about just the brilliance of this man. He is. Oh, here's another one for you. The music makes you get chills again. I am. I think <laughs> the music instrument that Vladimir Ivanov, uh, Robin Williams, played was a saxophone. Yeah. Robin Williams spent months learning to play the sax, and apparently, according to his music tutor, got to a level of accomplishment that would normally take a student two years. Hey, yeah. Fuck this guy. Yeah, yeah I, I know. know. Fuck this guy. I would yeah. love. I'm like, guys, to be able to do that he's got I'm that gonna, on his roster it's like god you're a freaking look let's god among everything yeah. let's give credit where credit's due if you're gonna bestow that much talent and ability on one person mm-hmm. exactly. oh exactly. exactly exactly um appearing in this film was russian actor salvia kramanov who was a real life def- Oh, defector from the USSR. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, Kramikov uh, had appeared in over 40 Russian films and was given permission to immigrate to the USA in early 1980s. Kramikov um, uh, gave up his Russian film career for small parts in religious freedom in the United States. This was Kramikov's first American movie, and ironically, he played a KGB agent. So he must have been the tall one. Right? Yeah, he must have been tall one because uh, we completely forgot about one key key scene. Go for it. The shorter KGB agent. His reappearance after uh, Robin Williams' defection at the hot dog cart. Uh, uh, oh, that's right. That's right. Because you, like we talked about in the beginning of the movie, Robin's on the bus. He's kind of became accustomed to the life there, and a, a French uh, tourist, we'll say a French tourist, mm-hmm. gets on the wrong bus and is talking to Robin. He's like, "Oh, no worries. This place is confusing as hell. When we get to the the stop, you need to be. I'll tell you to get off." The free transfer and everything. And he get at the end of the movie, he gets off the bus and he's going to I am gonna say Rock Bell Center. Because it looks like it's the like the outside of uh, like a studio. Yeah, something something that we'll say Rockabell Center yeah, for that's fine. And he goes up to a hot dog cart to buy a hot dog and it's the KGB agent that gave him so much grief and was begging him to not defect runs the hot dog <laughs> and he's probably in response to the fact that he had said it's it we're going to Siberia this yeah. is what's going to happen we're going to be stuck in Siberia since on our trip he defected we're yeah. going to get punished for this you know and he so, basically he told, tells Robin like how was I supposed to stay when, after everything that happened yeah. and Robin's kind of still like what are you going to do what, what? he's like don't worry about it we're fine even Robin's going to pay him he's like no you did this for me <laughs> like I'm an American now. I'm looking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, it's yeah. cool. It's it's a really poignant scene to that thing. How it just wraps up there, and he goes and 
play, starts playing his music in the center of the little park area, making yeah. some money. <clears throat> Uh, director Paul Mazursky spent a year's uh, preparation on this movie by speaking with Russians living in the USA, as well as one still living in the uh, then Soviet Union in Kiev. Um, oh, good. So there's okay. So there's, there's some, authenticity to it. Yeah, uh, the grandfather of the film's director, uh, Paul, uh, director was born in Kiev in 1905. He defected from Russia by jumping a Russian train troop. Uh, Mazursky's uh, father. Uh, grandfather met his grandmother whilst immigrating when traveling on the boat uh, bound for the USA. Nice. Uh, one of the move, uh, movie's main movie posters featured a long preamble that read, America is sometimes a strange place even for Americans, let alone for Vladimir Ivanov, uh, a Russian defector with a black roommate, a Cuban lawyer, and an Italian girlfriend who's learning to live with Big Macs, cable TV, hard rock, soft core, unemployment, and a whole new wonderful world for him. That's a freedom yeah. poster. Yeah. Freedom. <laughs> yep. Uh, the, movie's, uh, the movie's title, Moscow on the Hudson, now lends its name to be the brand of a real-life online Russian goods store and food supermarket based in New York's Manhattan. www.moscowonthehudson.com Nice. Um, in one scene, a cinema is showing an unmarried woman, directed by Paul Mazursky, the director of Moscow on the Hudson. Cool. Uh, second of four writing collaborations of Leon uh, Campentinos and Paul Mazursky. The pictures are Tempest, Moon Over, Parador, Moscow on the Hudson, and Down and Out with Beverly Hills. And, oh, here, here's the last one. One of the film's main movie posters, which was an aerial view of New York City, was the subject of a successful civil lawsuit from artist Saul Steinberg. Steinberg sued, alleging that the movie poster infringed the copyright of his renowned 1976 ink, pencil, colored pencil, and watercolor on paper, View of the World from 9th Avenue, illustrative cover of the... Uh, March 29th, 1976 edition of the New Yorker magazine. <laughs> they even have the case number. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting, as we talked about at the beginning, that this is kind of one of those under-the-radar ones. There's still a lot of trivia. Yep. Uh-huh. Oh, so yeah. there's a big one for you. I think it's true when you go into any major motion mm-hmm. picture, there's going to be some sort of weird whatever. You know, you're going to find some interesting fact about it, you know, that, that'll, uh, you know, connect to you personally or something. Oh, yeah. So. Yeah, oh, absolutely. All right, now that Allie's awake, uh, I'll have her join me in launching us into our rapid-fire recommendations. Um, we're going to go with obscure or obscure-ish yeah. movie titles of the 80s that we absolutely loved. and uh, I think we're Don't do, get appreciated enough. Right, they don't get enough love and appreciation. I think we're going to do three each. And um, Josh, we're going to let you lead off of this. Okay, uh, do we want to just go around a circle or just go with my three and then go to the next one? One and then... I don't know, fuck you, you asked too many questions. We're going to go with Phil on this one. (laughs) All right. (laughs) I'll go with the one. Yes. And then we'll go around. Phil, you've talked too long. I'm going to go with mine. Okay, Uh, go for it. My first one is going to be... (laughs) (laughs) My Science Project. Yes. You guys remember that? Yes, I do. I have, unfortunately... My science project oh. was this kind of it's this guy who's just kind of fuck up in high school, you know, and things yeah. like that. And he's got to do this. He's got to deliver this really cool science project, and it's got um, I can't think of the actor's name. That, Dennis uh, Hopper. Well, no, no, no. Dennis, is Dennis Hopper? Dennis Hopper's the teacher. Oh, that's right, that's right. Dennis right. Hopper's the teacher, but his friend, his best friend. Oh, um, uh, he's I know you're talking about. He's the one that plays Fisher. The, 
Yeah. Uh, Fisher Stevens. Yeah. yeah, Fisher Stevens. Fisher Stevens. Uh, Fisher Stevens is Villain of Hackers. Yeah. yeah, Villain of Hackers and also uh, uh-huh. lovable lovable Indian character in... Uh, Short Circuit. Yeah, Short Circuit. Short Circuit. Short Circuit. Something and, that would never happen right now. Right. 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 <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, like, so, mm-hmm. no PC there. Yeah. But, um, but, yeah, he plays the... He's basically, there's this girl that he's trying to impress and, and, and all this stuff. And so he goes out to the aircraft graveyard mm-hmm. and finds this alien technology that allows them to jump through time and mm-hmm. different stuff like that. And it's, oh God, it, it is one of those stupid eye candy treats. Oh, it is. It's got, uh, a, it, it's got a Ghostbuster feel without yes. the kind of, uh, um, oh God. Uh, oh, you don't like that movie? I liked it. Like I said, it's it, it had a it had the effects at the end, and mm-hmm. you got the three you know people running in with guns. While yeah, and the dinosaurs. The yeah, and the dinosaur. Yeah, yeah it's 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 eighties goodness. Right, is what oh, it is. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. As a matter of fact, I talked about it's like one that I'm like I'm glad it's left alone now, especially after we uh, all the remakes that have been shat out. Yeah, but. It was in. I mentioned it in one of our earlier episodes and oh, things good. that I'd love to see remade. Yeah. I'm like, I wouldn't mind them seeing uh, seeing them take another crack at that. Yes, I but agree. After I've seen so many get mishandled, I'm like, you know, maybe Hollywood should just not. Yeah, maybe they shouldn't touch it. <laughs> exactly. So the, the the artifact that he finds in there, the alien object, yeah. actually sucks power from from mm-hmm. objects, and oh, that's nice. why it's in a graveyard. That's why it's yeah. in this plain graveyard. And he happens to be driving too closely, and what it does is it sucks the power from his car. And so, when you get to the end of the movie, you know, as they, they dispose of it, they put it back in the airplane graveyard, they just get rid of it, they're driving away, and the car dies. And so, yeah, it's it's pretty funny. It saps the power from his car, and yeah. she's like, again, really? You know, that sort, <laughs> of, like, that sort of silly thing. like, we're so. out of gas. No, it's great. Yeah. Oh, another thing is, the device. What does it look like? Doesn't it look like one of those uh, orbs that you can buy at the Spencer's Gifts? Yes. And you touch it and yeah, it almost it almost <laughs> kind of looked like uh, yeah. that mixed with kind of a oh yeah you think it looked like that? I didn't think it looked. Anything. I don't agree. I but don't it was agree uh, yeah, it's just kind of like this oblong yeah uh, oblong thing with that that ball from Spencer set into it. Yeah, you're yeah. right. It's exactly like that. So. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. I wonder it if they still. It reminds me of a pogo ball. For something yeah, like exactly. I wonder yeah. if that prop is like I don't know, uh, you know, locked in a uh, storage center somewhere. Area fifty one. Oh, there you go. <laughs> By the way, we've reached the point where my daughter, she's, she's three and a half, almost four months now, and she's found her voice, and she likes to interject herself in well, that's okay. various moments. So. She's going to be on uh, radio. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. So, now uh, that I've said mine, Josh, we're going to come back around to you and see if you can get this right. Stuff. Okay, do it. Okay. Hey, don't know, no pressure. Yeah. Uh, the first one I'm going to throw out there is uh, Roxanne with uh, Steve Martin. Yes. There you go. Yes, really great. Uh, Variation on the world of Cyrano de Bergerac. Mm-hmm. Very funny version of Cyrano de Bergerac. Great ensemble cast. One that we're probably going to hit in February of next year for our for our why nots. Our why nots back in back into normal fold and just honestly, you can never go wrong with Steve Martin. No, no Daryl Hannah was really good in that, yeah. and so was. And I'm trying to try to remember the actor's name. I've known it for years. He was on. Uh, he was in Top Gun. He played uh, Slider. Oh yeah, he's the big fireman that. Roxanne. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. Name slipping me right now, but in February. Yeah, it's the (laughs) character that he uh, winds up giving the, you know, all the poetry and all that stuff to. Yeah. Uh, you guys mentioned? Yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, I'm going to fire this one. This came out in 1989. Uh, It's called Monster High. Now, I'm. It's not those stupid little dolls, right? No. Did you say stupid? 
No, Alicia, I did not yes. say stupid. Okay. Yes, we Whoa, did. whoa, dude. I go to <laughs> Toys R Us, and you know what? Don't knock it until you actually watched it. You cannot have any kind of opinion until you sit down and watch a webisode. Hey, it's funny. Is... There's actual episodes. There are actual episodes. Okay, I never known there's episodes. Yeah. Like, I, it's these stupid toys. I'm not saying they're stupid. <laughs> it's just the fact I God. work retail. I work retail people. I'm digging your, I'm digging your grave. Go ahead. Well, well, I know. You, you, I know. you, you see the dolls all the time. Put yourself in my shoes in retail. Hopefully you will soon. I want to work in retail. You don't understand. It's a dream. Okay. You see these toys just randomly pop up. I'm, I'm clumping these in with the Shopkins. Mm-hmm. There's no shows. There's nothing really tying them to a mass media thing. And kids lose their shit. You are so right. dead to Alicia. Well, you have to understand that it's a Hasbro brand. Or Mattel. Mattel. It's a Mattel, Mattel. Brand. Mattel makes a huge chunk of their change off of tie-ins to other stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, of course, inevitably, there was going to be a TV series. Yeah, something, exactly. Something, something but it didn't involved. start with one. No, no. They're fucking dumb. Oh, I'm just kidding. Oh, <laughs> no. You guys are both dead. Whatever. <laughs> okay. They're a brony. Anyway. Whoa! Uh, no. Do not judge until you sat down and watched an episode! I have. And I have is it daughters. That, is it that bad? Is it that term, bad? The correct term is the questicle. Thank you. It's huh? called it's what? A questicle. And a questicle? What? Testicle. No, it's not you. <laughs> Ow! Yes. Fuck. It's a rare side of Phil. Okay. All what? right. Ow. Put the put some fucking wooden spoon down, dude. All right, bitch. Jesus. Do not. Holy I don't want to hear you. I don't want to hear you saying anything this bad about This is why I don't sit next to him when we record. Well, I'm he sorry. He hits me when the mic's off. I yeah. guess so. Bastard. He's doing it now while the mic's on, too. Just because yeah. I called him in a questicle. Yeah, 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 well, that's not the right term. It's Brony and Pegasister. Get it right. Bitch. Okay. So, anywho, it's... <laughs> you all right, Nick? Pegasister? Pegasisters. Uh, girls, I know, girls had to grab a thing. I mean, I'm like, Brony's needed to grab a thing. Our girls are just fans of fucking... My well, that's exactly what my thing I is. Thought, I thought the boys had to explain. There was so much. There was so much of an explosion of this whole Brony's thing. Uh, man, this is funny. Yeah. Um, the whole Brony's thing took off mm-hmm. that women, girls wanted to be part of it, so they came up with Pegasisters. Yeah. I know. Just get the Monster High, yeah, please. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, 1989, <laughs> not related to the Mattel toy brand. It's Monster High, and I'll be honest, it's just trash. <coughs> Here's the synopsis. Two aliens still a doomsday device from another world and, uh, and abscond to Earth. The device is Mr. Armageddon, a living embodiment of destruction who intends to destroy the planet. A ragtag group, uh, ragtag group of high school students stand in his way. This it's is just trash. This is in the vein of Mr. Coffee and all of that. Oh stuff. yeah, that's that's that sounds like a freaking uh, space high-end uh, dildo brand. <laughs> yeah, 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 it's just <laughs> Mr. Dick, Mr. Mr. Dick, <laughs> Mr. Armageddon. <laughs> Turn them on and show them where to stick. <laughs> <laughs> but no, no, that's uh, anyway. That's that monster high. Yeah, uh, I gotta find that. Oh yeah, it's 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 it sounds like it sounds like it's so bad it's good. It is, it is. It's just trash. And if you're in the right um, mind setting, I mean, it's got a three point three rating. I think everybody just looks at it and goes, "Oh man, wow. this is stupid." But no, you just you just sit down, and if you realize that what you're watching is stupid, you'll find the hilarity in it. I, you know, I don't trust the ratings on those at all. No, I don't. Because I, I was watching uh, Pee Wee's Big Adventure with a little one. Right. She has two favorite films right now: Nightmare Before Christmas, Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Nice, two Tim Burtons. Uh, yes, two Tim Burtons and two fantastic Tim Burtons. Nice. Um, so we're watching Pee Wee's Big Adventure, and I noticed on Netflix how many stars it received. Mm-hmm. Two, two out of five. Oh my god! I stopped what? rating my movies on Netflix because yeah. I always, you know me with my movies, I always freaking 
I get fives. Like, yeah, I hit fives all the time. I used to write reviews for all my movies. I used right. to have like a good chunk of them. But yeah, I was just like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. So I don't trust that rating. You know, yeah, I get you. Your movie may be amazing. Yeah, maybe hey. it's a four and a half star movie. Yeah. You know, yeah, exactly. There you go. So that's what makes it obscure. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Fair all enough. Right. Um, let me see. My next choice is going to be um, a. Anthony Edwards film, mm-hmm. uh, kind of a spy flick called Gotcha. Oh, nice. and, oh uh, yeah. yeah. This this kind of I, now I have to look and see if the t- if it's a product tie, and I, I think it was. Oh, to the uh, for, to the gun. Yeah, if, unless it was a movie that was spawned from the gun. I'm not for certain. Uh, it's if, a movie tie. If you tie-in. were, if you were a-, a child of the '80s, there was two guns, three. I'm sorry, three gun series uh, items that you would play with. One was laser tag. The other mm-hmm. one was photon. Mm-hmm. Which had a cartoon series or whatever yes. or TV series uh, based on it, and then there was one called Gotcha, which was capitalized on the paintball aspect of things, but it was these little cartridges that had uh, washable paints in them that you would shoot them out and they'd hit and they'd cause a little splat on you, mm-hmm. and it was like ha ha Gotcha, you know, kind of thing. Yeah, I remember the cheesy friggin' you know <laughs> Gotcha, and then the Gotcha, you the Gotcha, yeah. thought you could get away with something like that. Yeah, I get that. Oh, dude. Yeah, uh, definitely gotcha. It's, definitely, it's definitely gotcha. Yeah, so I like that one. But he's no, kind of sucked into this Cold War Russian American spy sort of thing. Anthony Edwards is a college student, really doesn't know what the hell he's doing and all that stuff. And I think, I, I, if I remember correctly, the actress in it is Natasha Kinsky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So there's there's that aspect of it, but uh, yeah. So uh, that that's my second pick. That's I good. absolutely love that I love one. It's so. an awesome movie. Yeah. Da da da. I'm just doing the, yeah. the, 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 the Nintendo game. The sound effects going along with it. Yeah. Um, okay. My next one is... Uh, you guys are going to obscure. I'm going obscure-ish. I'm using... I'm using... Utilizing um, the ish. Well, the, I only, I only, I've only done one, so... Yeah. I, I may be speaking too soon. Yeah, you might. Uh, so. My next one is uh, UHF. There you go. Yes, that immortal, weird-off classic UHF. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite underrated movies. Fuck yes, dude! That's a great pick. Yes. Like I'm in that uh, zipped-up uh, Stallone outfit and that yeah, one. Just Dream everything about yeah. 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 Uh, Like I Richards in that. Yeah. Everything, everything Ray about Crusher. that. Yeah. Conan the Barbarian. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I was watching everybody where he's talking about it and everything. He's like, we had so much like love for that movie coming in. And just right. kind of just. They came out against, I think it was, Batman, Ghostbusters, uh, Temple of Doom. Just so many, just huge movies where it just got lost in the shelf. And I was thinking, like, honestly, in the world of reboots and everything like that, I can see it being turned into a television series. Mm. Well, I mean, clearly that's how the, uh, the original stand-up version of it and then Pee-wee's Big Adventure is what spawned Pee-wee's Playhouse. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which, uh, you know, we've been watching Avidly now that it's on Netflix. Yeah, um, <clears throat> but, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I could, I, could have, I could totally see UHF, you know, doing, doing something like that, becoming a, a TV series. But um, Not a kid series, because unfortunately I don't think Weird Al will go anywhere near a kid series anymore. No, no. no. no he was mistreated but, by yeah. CBS. You know, honestly, I just, UHF was one of those films. I had a group of, you know, very... Wonderful, like nerd friends and stuff like that. Who, uh, you know, my friend Heather McAfee and Jesse and, and all these guys, we would get together on Halloween and whatever we were dressed up as, we would always get the video camera out and we'd reenact stuff. Yes. And on our Halloween nights, we had staples movies that we had to watch Terminator oh. 2 Judgment Day, we'd go do that, and then we'd also watch UHF. Nice. Um, sometimes it was Edward Scissorhands, you know, and things like that. Um, 
you know, so that was that was kind of one of those movies that was the staple of our. It's okay to be a nerd, you know. We oh, yeah. loved all of Weird Al's exactly. albums when they came oh, yeah. out. So yeah, I love UHF. That was awesome. Yeah, my turn. Yeah, the other uh, one. my next one is They Live. Oh, yes. It's developed a cult, uh, um, you know, a cult following. But I, I think know. it's uh, grown above a cult following. It's become its own church. That's great. <laughs> That's great. But you know, when it first came out, it was obscure. Yes, it contains one of the longest fist fights in history. One of the greatest um, fist fights. One of the greatest fist fights in history. Yeah, and it stars the late, you know, Rowdy Roddy Piper. Yes. Great. So uh, I and one of my things that I really like about this movie, you know, I mean, I love the plot, love the premise, but one little key thing that I really like, and I'm pretty sure you know exactly what it is, the fact that they use the PKE meter prop as a walkie-talkie. Yes. 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 yes I they am did. a sucker for that. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, that was just kind of a, you know, I I think about okay. It would be awesome to have the money that we have now, mm-hmm. back then, and know what we know now. Because you could have easily scooped up Ecto One because uh-huh. it sat on the back lot forever and yeah, just exactly. you know collected rust and got really you know. Mm-hmm. And but they they moved around other props and things like that. It yeah. clearly couldn't use like the proton pack, but the PKA meter was yeah. you know something you yeah. could use and, and they live you know. Yeah, yeah, and, and uh, it was also later used in Suburban Commando, and I think someone I, from the prop department finally made off with it because the original one is missing. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, smart, uh, you know, like smart. Answer. Yeah, but uh, yeah, that's God. That's and the and the iconic line too. Yeah. I've come here to do two things: chew bubble gum and kick ass. And I am oh, all oh, out of bubble oh, gum. Oh, I tried my best to try to fit that line into the story. <laughs> <laughs> uh, quick, uh, random off the ramp yeah. story. Uh, every year, I'm part of the Joe Blow Movie Fan Central social <laughs> media network, and they do. This I love thing. this. Mm-hmm. And they do this thing called ABCs of Death, yes. um, where this one guy will send out everybody a certain letter to do a story about someone dying. I've done all these different ones over the years. This year, I got K, and it was a little bit of a difficult road to get to it, but then I decided to do The Kilted Man. Kind of in the yeah. vein of an urban legend, or like uh, creepypasta type deal in The Slender Man, but also too, to honor the magnificent bastard. That is Roddy Roddy Piper. Yeah, Roddy Roddy Piper. Um, Nick has read it fully. Yeah, and I, I'll, I'll have to, to be honest. There was, there was a catchphrase, and I'll tell you it off, Mike. I don't want to spoil it for anybody who's going to read it. There was a not a catchphrase, but a catchword that I saw that tipped me off when I realized what I was reading. Um, Go ahead and say it, and I'll edit it out. Okay, it was the coconut. Oh, I happened to be scrolling back, and I went, coconut. That's fucking weird. And then when I was going, I was all Pit, Kilted Man, Jimmy, and I went. Oh, Catch and they hit me. Yeah. What's that? Catch the Hogan reference? <clears throat> no. Terry. Oh, <laughs> Terry Bollea. Yeah, yeah. That was the brother, right? Yeah. Jimmy's brother. Yeah. yeah. Way to go. Well, not really his brother, just how Jimmy Snooker would always go, brother. Okay, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Between the two of them, they had trading yeah. their brothers back and forth. Yeah. It was a good story. And when I got done, I said, uh, who wrote this? And you were like, or, you know, like, where'd you get this from? I wrote it. You talented bastard yes. that's good I stuff I am so glad that, that one stuff. of my movies led to you plugging one of your things that's yeah, yeah that's cool that's, that's a great cool. movie though too oh it is, that's, it is. like I said it's grown from a cult status to its own church as a matter of fact there's I'm proud of myself there. because I'm a child of the 80s Christina's an old soul but uh-huh. uh, my dear wife she sat she sat up one night in bed I was up at like 3 o'clock in the morning I happened to wake up and we generally fall asleep with the TV on and this is back when, you know, before we said fuck you to the cable companies and decided to go with Hulu and whatnot. Right. I sat bolt upright in bed one night and I was watching American Ninja. 
And she sat up and goes, what the fuck are you watching? And I'm like, shut up and go back to sleep. Oh, yeah. Like, just be quiet. This is a classic. So I told her we're going to institute a movie night where each one of us picks a movie that we want the other one to see, and we can't argue, and we have to stay awake through it. We can't be on social media. We have to sit and watch the films. So I'm like, you're so fucked. This is going to go like three movies, and she's going to be like, I'm done. Your movies blow ass. Like, she's like, I, what the, f- you made me watch Bloodsport? What the fuck is this? Oh my yeah. God. So that, that kind of arrangement either leads to a nice, solid, strong, lasting marriage or a fucking divorce. divorce. Oh my God. So, For American Ninja, I want to do the score. God damn it, I love you, you they, magnificent they, bastard. Thank you, buddy. I love American <laughs> just just fucking... I think you're up now. Uh, what's that? Uh, I think it's your turn. Yeah, I think it's your turn. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm up. I'm sorry. Let me yeah, knock one apart. This is the final rap. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I'm going to go with mine that shaped part of my childhood. And not a lot of people have seen this, but those of us who live up here in the high desert community, mm-hmm. I know have, because we all spend a lot of time racing BMX and all that stuff, and I'm going to say the movie Rad. Rad! Yes, yes. With, with Bill Allen and uh, um, uh, Bart Connor, <laughs> Olympian Bart Connor, and, uh, and Lori Laughlin <laughs> in the film. Uh, it's about a small yeah, town. Yes, it's about yes. a small town BMX uh, racer and his mm-hmm. friends, uh, Crew Jones, and two of his friends, who basically grew up riding bikes around this, this small town of Cochran mm-hmm. and uh, or Corcoran I'm sorry and they, they ride around and they've learned to be fantastic on, on their bikes and stuff like that well one of the rich guys in the town uh, my favorite Martian the guy from my uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, actually play I, I never think of his name yeah. um, and the co-owner of or the, the president the CEO of Mongoose Bicycles Ray decides, Walston sorry Ray, Ray Walston, Walston yeah you're absolutely right yeah. uh, decided to bring Hell Track to this small town to kind of bring something big to a small town feel, you know, and sort yeah. of thing. Mm-hmm. So, of course, they're like, well, let's let crew race. <laughs> yeah. Let's see if he can do it. And so he's, he meets all these qualifiers, and they realize he may be better than our best guy. We can't let this happen. So it's their way. It's the way of the big guy trying to get the little man yeah. down. Yeah, yeah you know, and... and uh, There's a little bit of Rocky elements in Yeah, there is. There yeah, is. Yeah. So, yeah. Great soundtrack. Great, yes. Great soundtrack. Um... um John Farnham, I think, does two, the two songs in it that I absolutely love, which is uh, uh, Break the Ice, which is the opening credits, uh-huh. and then there's the big one, the like the Eye of the Tiger type one, yeah. which is called Thunder in Your Heart. <laughs> it, it's on my playlist all the time of songs that I absolutely like. get all pumped up to. It was also one of the only movies that actually utilized the song, and I was doing it with to Tam. Why the fuck are you singing that song? Send Me an Angel? Send Me an Angel. Yeah, yeah. That and Teen Wolf 2. Yeah. Use that song. Were they, were they both were they both at dances too? Uh, actually, um, one of them was during coitus. In, uh, oh, that's right. Yeah, Team of Two. And the other one for those who don't know, coitus is fucking. Okay. <laughs> and the other one okay. was, was during a. Uh, we're gonna have to do an entire episode of Phil's needless censoring. <laughs> where he's like, oh, poopy. <laughs> Fucking say shit, dude. That's what I, 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 I thought I was being tasteful, it is, you, you motherfucker. Yes, okay, no. yes, on our tasteful podcast. Yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it was during a yeah, during this episode. I'm like, let's talk about '80s nudity. I'm going yeah. seriously. I'm going to keep a notepad right here, and every time we have one of those moments, I'm going to start checking them off, and I'm going to go, okay, it's such and such time. Like, you know, we'll see. It was during this time, so that he can find them in edit points, and we're just going to put them all together. <laughs> Poopy, coitus, caca, doo doo. Yeah. Bumping yeah. uglies. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> Turd burger. Giving you know. them the special hug. Yeah. 
all of those goofy moments. Well, as soon as you say coitus, I was like, I gotta do it. I gotta but, do it. Uh, that was great. For, uh, for those of you listening at home, yeah, that see, was great. Coitus is fucking yeah. That's funny. Now, rad for me to get back on fucking track. I'm sorry, go ahead. Uh, to get back on coitus track. Um, <laughs> rad coitus from, track is fucking is track. Is fucking track. Yeah. Um, so, for me, rad, rad really kind of was... You know, the Rocky or the Karate Kid. Karate yeah. Kid was what got me into martial arts and things like that when yeah. I was a little, little kid. Right. And, uh, and Rad was the movie that pushed me to, like, race BMX. My friend Alan yeah. and my friend Brian, uh, Bobo McGuire. Sorry. <laughs> we would all race at, you know, Horseman Center and then at uh, um, uh, Live Oak Park and all that stuff here. And then on our own dirt tracks and things like that. And, oh, God. Yeah, it's just such a great movie. If you get a chance, watch it. It's, yeah. it's really feel Another good. future why not. Yeah, oh, for sure. For oh, sure. Absolutely. I'll be glad to be part of that one. That yeah, absolutely. Fun. Okay, uh, I guess for my last one is, I'm going to present it this way. Uh, when you think Michael Keaton movies, what's the first thing that pops in your mind? Well, uh, Michael Keaton movies? Yeah. Michael Keaton. Uh, the first one is Batman. Batman, Birdman, uh, Beetlejuice. Mr. Mom, Mr. Beetlejuice. Um, Multiplicity. Multiplicity. One of my favorite yeah. modern underrated oh, films. Oh, God, what's the, is it Collateral Damage? Collateral damage. Collateral damage. Yeah. Another one's uh, Johnny Dangerously. Pacific Heights. Yeah. Did we well, say one of yours in there? No, you did not. No, did we really? The whenever like it's weird because whenever I think Michael Keaton movies, it's always the Dream Team. Oh yeah, with Christopher oh, Lloyd. That's right. it, always, that's the thing that always pops in my mind is yeah. the Dream Team. Well, that's Keaton. one of the, well, the one of the problems when Michael Keaton does so has done so much good work. Yeah. Yeah. Um. You know. Um. Some get lost in a shuffle. Yeah, exactly. And, and uh, that... Dream Team is one that definitely does. Yeah. And honestly, I love it. It It's as close as it can get to a remake of One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest without being a complete remake. Right. It is. And it's very, it's very tongue-in-cheek. Ha-ha. Yeah. You know, yeah. Mm-hmm. With Christopher Lloyd, Peter <clears throat> Boyle, uh, I think Fisher Stevens. Fisher Stevens. I believe he's the doctor. No, no, he's not. That's no. not Fisher Stevens. It's the guy from Batteries Not Included as the doctor. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. you're right, you're right. Yeah. yeah. My apologies. The 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 the, the actor. I'm so, I, I, I you see. I don't know. I know Fucking him from his Rain body. Man of movies, dude. Exactly. I love this guy. Well, I don't know his name, but I know his body of work. No, so I know, just thank you. seriously. Definitely better sound clue. I've dude. I've discussed <laughs> you at work with several people. Oh, I'm yeah. like, fuck. If I could call Phil right now, like, <laughs> no, who the fuck's Phil? I'm like, he is the guru. Like, he's your fucking oracle on the mountain. Yeah. If you need an obscure soundtrack or movie reference or you know how to tie that into something else, he's your fucking go-to guy. <laughs> Thanks, yeah. buddy. Yeah. And uh, honestly, Obscure honestly is uh, Dream Team, and just the whole concept of taking a bunch of mental <clears throat> patients out to New York mm-hmm. for yeah. a ball game, and their doctor gets freaking tugging out, and they have Mugs. to survive. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, and, and oh god, and, and calamity ensues. Oh yes. god, in a comedy of errors, in, in one of its best ways. I love the part where they're in that giant box and they're getting yeah. out of the rain. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the part. Right? Honestly, yeah. Hollywood, can you just? <laughs> Start doing fucking obscene amounts of coke again, because yeah. we had amazing exactly. concepts. I think Shit that shouldn't have worked, but it did. Yeah, I think. Yeah, mountains and mountains of coke. Seriously, <laughs> just some solid Colombian gold. Start, and, and, start doing and, some mind-altering drugs, and, guys. And not stuff that's like crossed over with other stuff or laced with other things. Just yeah. pure, just pure fucking <laughs> Colombian coke. Let's pure Colombian let's give powder. South America uh-huh. a fucking tremendous export again. Let's get this shit rolling and give us some good movies, Fuck man. NAFTA, let's just get back to the south. Seriously, <laughs> there's, some, there's some plugs. <laughs> Such a fucking great movie. You're right. I Thank absolutely you. love that one. Love that. Yes, and to round things out, Phil. I ended mine with Krull. 
Uh, oh my god! Really yes. I think that's great. I used to have that fucking knife. They all fold out the star, oh, the five point oh, star. Oh, the glaive! Yeah, yeah the, glaive. the glaive. That's cool. I felt so sorry. And there's this part where he's like trying to get the call the glaive back, right? And it's like stuck in the monster. I'm like, oh, the poor thing stuck in the monster. And the glaive like was a character. It yeah. wasn't just a prop. Leave it, it to you. Character. Leave yes, it, it to you to fucking feel sorry for the monster because the glaive's stuck yeah. in there. Yeah. Oh no, no, no! I was feeling sorry for the glaive. Oh, okay. I got no, you. the glaive can't escape from the guts of the monster. No, 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 no. Yeah, Nick, yeah. Pooey the monster. Yeah, no, Pooey the monster, it's that poor glaive, that poor little weapon. Listen, you <laughs> dingy <laughs> mother coituses. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this was I will weird. stick a finger right in your poo-poo hole. <laughs> <laughs> One of your naughty parts. <laughs> Before we uh, fall into complete bedlam. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that wraps it up for this edition of Why Not Moscow and the Hudson. We've been saying it all along. If you haven't seen Moscow and the Hudson, do it. And if you have to ask yourself why not to Robin Williams, then you're listening to the wrong damn podcast. Yeah, really. So, that's been Josh. been <laughs> Phil. <laughs> and this is Mother Coitus Nick! <laughs> Coitus in your dirty ear holes! Sorry, sorry, I had to take one more shot at him. What?